For National Poetry Month, the Layered Onion hosted what we hope to be a healing, powerful evening by our amazing poets from around the world. Our event was Zoom-bombed by folks that propagated a hateful agenda. They were cruel and used language to cause others harm. One of our poets, Avisha, is courageously sharing how this event affected her. This was a hate crime. We stand united with our artists and all people of the world championing love where there's hate, understanding where there's intolerance, peace where there is anger, and harmony where there is violence. We hope all of you will join with Avisha and the Layered Onion to take a stand against such hateful speech. So poetry really is, makes us so vulnerable Mm. um, because we are really opening up about sort of our inner being and thoughts. And it's, it takes a lot of courage to share. And I know when I shared some of my first poetry, I was so anxious and just really embarrassed and all you know these feelings of it's not going to be adequate you know who am I to do that and all of these different things but I did it (laughs) I shared I put it out there (laughs) and um I didn't get a lot of comments which is probably not awful because they weren't a lot of awful comments which is what I was anticipating (laughs) (laughs) but I, I mean, one of the pieces for me is really how it has been a big part of my mental wellness journey. Maybe you could kind of talk about yeah. how poetry or writing has really played a role in that journey. Wow. Well, oh, I just got really excited by this question. Like I just felt all my energy rise. Um, well, what you just shared, you know, a little bit prior and that was how it's so vulnerable, you know. I'm going to be really transparent and just, you know, I have never, I have this thing where I, even when I did photography for 10 years, full-time professionally, even though I did ceramics 10 years, I could not call myself an artist. I could not call myself, even I studied acting for a while. I have, you know, this insecurity of, I can't own fully. I'm in a process of that. So now I'm in the process of kind of like anchoring in and accepting and owning that I have some writing in me. I have a voice, but that I'm developing, but I have to be honest that in an active form, it's really new. Um, in a way, I think I now only in the last month or so am reflecting and realizing that I have like my dad's part in me where I always have to be writing. Like that's how I express, but I denied it and pushed it down my whole life. And I just about a few weeks ago had this memory of my grandpa, who's now 98 and he would always tell me growing up, you have to write, you have to write. And you're a writer. And I just literally until like a year ago, shoved it away for the most part. Um, and to speak to what you shared so honestly that it's, for me, I also found, um, like when I did the poetry reading with um, The Later Onion, I it was one of the scariest. Like, I think I spent days just mentally and emotionally preparing. I was terrified. It was the first time that I ever shared in any kind of open forum at all, vocally, my work. Um, I was terrified. And what I've learned in the past few months um, is that it shocked me when I realized this, but sharing outwardly my, and even in writing, sharing any writing, especially poetry, 
is the most vulnerable thing I've experienced. Even more than sharing the rawest, you know, personal narrative stories and storytelling up on a stage, which I've been totally doing for the last year and I'm in love with it. It is the most vulnerable thing I've ever done. It like blew me away when I first experienced that. So I really understand what you just shared. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just, uh, it's really putting yourself out there. And then for us to have the event that you talked about, so yeah. excited for us to have this event where our poets would share their poetry and we could really have this place that we hoped would be a supportive environment. And then to have it turn out to be infiltrated by a group full of hate, hate yeah. in their hearts. Maybe you could talk a little bit. You came really hoping to have this be a first experience. And then it was a nightmare. And yeah. um, just, I, I just cannot say what a horror it was. Yeah. And hearing you say that even in this moment, though it's been a few months, is first thing that comes for me is it feels really validating. I think I'm I'm so alone all I'm I'm isolated a lot in the, you know, being in Chicago and just kind of been what I've been going through. So to hear you even say that again right now feels really validating. Um uh, yeah, that was horrific. Um and I think my nature often is I just kind of shut down and I I'm I am such a resilient strong person. You you kind of have to be when you've gone through a lot. Um which I have. And because of that, I, I mean, I'm going to be really blunt here, but I think the biggest thing it triggered for me, um, just hearing the, the horrific vile, you know, a, a assault, it was verbal assaults. There was nothing short of that and death threats. It was really horrific. But I think for me, it not knowing till after it triggered a lot of my, um, a lot of some PTSD just from like, a lot of, and I don't want to label it just as male violence, but a lot, it happened to be male violence on the call, but I think it really unknowingly at first re-triggered a lot of abuse I had experienced in my life. Um, you know, male violence, male abuse verbally and physically, and just going to, you know, I want to be open. I, I, part of my mission, it's not an outward mission, but part of my developing mission is to speak to the things that hold shame. Cause I really feel more and more as I'm on my healing journey, that that's kind of the core piece as I'm learning from me. I think that so much comes back to shame, especially say this experience. The one thing that was astounding that I didn't even know how to process after that event when I was sitting on my couch alone and we logged off was I spent the entire night feeling like the worst person alive. I thought I was a horrible, horrible person, partly probably because of the vile things they were saying to me. But also I think it just re-triggered as another artist had shared that I didn't even recognize until she posted on Instagram was it activated her CPTSD. And, you know, it was, that's the beauty in our community connection. And right. You, even you and I getting to talk right now, it's like to feel so alone and not even understand where these, th where these feelings were connecting and all the, the traumas after that experience to have her post gave me voice to what I didn't understand. I was full. I thought I was alone in it. So there was this massive Oh, like exhale of not that I ever want anybody to go through that, but oh, I'm not alone. Oh, that's what I'm feeling, you know. So um, it really rocked me. It was uh it was pretty, it was pretty brutal in how it landed with me and it affected me for quite a bit. Um, but one thing that really helped me in truth was I immediately, I don't, I don't know, I I often people don't understand I have the capacity to do certain things, but I something in me, but I was able to sit myself down a few days after that actual experience 
at an open mic for storytelling that Tuesday. And I just, I wrote it out and I got on, you know, I got on the stage and I spoke to it. Um, and my purpose behind that was, and I feel this still, I, I find myself even going on certain groups, like a grief group on Instagram, that's still posting public Zoom links. I feel like after that experience, it's part of who I am. I wanted to like advocate and just, if I felt like if I could prevent one more person, one more person from experiencing what we did, what I did, then that would be worth it. But um, I turned it into sharing a very vulnerable story because I figured, okay, so if there's 30 to 50 people in the crowd, that's 30 to 50 people that are on Zooms in some capacity and that can share it with them. You know, I just felt like all those tentacles can go out. So I channeled it into storytelling for my healing, but also in, in helping kind of support other communities. That's how well, I supported myself. Thank you for that. And, and I can't tell you, well, you know how much we appreciated all of your strength and, and the group really supporting one another and frankly supporting us because we were so horrified. And I, I still can't wrap my head around how people can have such vitriol and intention to harm. And I'm, I, I have come to the conclusion that I, I hope I never can put my head around it. Yeah. Because maybe if I understand it, then I've become too callous, too, I don't know. But I personally can just not wrap my head around it and um, wanting to injure people in such a way. It's just, uh. but yeah. from that, I I do think there was power in community. And yeah. um, that I know I felt the power in the community and I certainly hope you did. It sounds like you yeah. did a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, you know, I, I don't want to, it's part of me doesn't want to spend too much time on the hate and just the vile nature of it. I have to be honest. I grew up like really, <laughs> I grew up almost in this, I, you know, this very um, not religious, but very spiritual upbringing. My dad was a, big meditator, you know, when I was born in the seventies, super into yoga, meditation, health, you know, it was just this very kind of, I don't want to say all love and light, but in a way I grew up in this, what we now label as like all love and light kind of. And because of that, if I'm really honest, part of my process at this stage in my life, unfortunately has been waking up to the fact that there is, I don't really use the word evil a lot, but like dark energies, like really that kind of, and I, I refer more to energy. That's what I relate to, but I think part of my process in the past, especially after this experience and what led me to leave LA is this, like, I didn't have an awareness that there were people uh, that had this capacity because it wasn't in my realm of existence. And so it's been a very hard wake up for me in some ways to even try and wrap myself around. And I'm a very curious person and I actually do, I have like a thirst for understanding. So for me, there I have been, you know, not trying to put myself and understand that, but at the same time, I have been even leading up to this talk today. I've been exploring, like, what, how do I hold hate? Like, what does hate mean to me, or what is my understanding of it? Like, right. And the mm -hmm. only thing I can come to for myself is the few times where I have, you know, as, as vulnerable as it is to share, like I've experienced feeling the feeling hate. I feel like most humans have some capacity for most feelings. Um, but no, I don't have the capacity. Thank goodness we don't have the capacity for that. But at the same time for me, what I kind of came to this weekend is 
hate for me when I have experienced the feeling of what I would label it as, I was so hurt. Like I was deeply, deeply, deeply hurt. And it nothing excuses any actions on the outside that harms other people. But I think I was just trying to touch into that human part of like, well, where, you know, what is the source of that? Trying to have some, you know, I'll never understand it, like you said, but like, that's all I could come to was when I felt like, or, and, you know, even when I've said like to my, you know, either as a child or like, I'd say maybe a few times as an adult, like, like my mom, we've had a very hard relationship on and off. And there was a few times last year where I felt so abandoned, so deeply triggered in that abandonment wound that I actually remember feeling and saying to myself, like, I hate, I hate her. Like I, you know, I don't hate her, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it was the only word I could find for the depth of the pain I felt. Mm -hmm. Now I don't, I'm not saying that's the same for these horrible, um, you know, people. (laughs) But what I hear you saying is, is in some ways, what you were tapping into ultimately is somewhat the core of what must have they took such hurtful feelings and they built on it, not in a positive way, but in yeah. a really divisive and terrible way, but probably initiated as hurt in some way, shape or form. I mean, it's that would, I, of course, I, I can never speak for another person because I'm not their lived experience, but I would say it's the best that I can come to trying to gain some, just to try and grasp some sense of, right. I think that that speaks to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I know we, what I would really love is to hear another poem from you if you would be open to sharing. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, There was actually a poem that was interrupted. I didn't get to, I was actually really happy that I didn't get to it because it's such a vulnerable kind of deep piece for me. But um, there was a piece that I didn't get to finish because when this incident happened, I was in the middle of reading as you know. Um, But yeah, I will share another piece. This piece, um, it's it's called I Forgot to Tell You, or that's what I've titled it for now. Um, I forgot to tell you how much your love touched me, the way you intertwined all your unending creativity sitting with me, large blank book open page to page with all the colors you and I exquisitely at play. I forgot to tell you how the way you introduced me to nature gifted me, the long drives in winter at 4 a.m. to sit with the herds of deer, expanding across the landscape to wake up in the rear with 50 sets of eyes round and wide on my brother and I. I forgot to tell you that the healthy obsessive knowing you infringed upon our family was the richest gift you gave me, ahead of your times always researching how to be in this body, listening to with care and healing, I practice still remembering. I forgot to tell you how I loved laying in your hand sleeping. It felt like a giant human hammock for my face to rest in. The comfort I tried to replicate with every man I slept with never filled that space of sleeping in your quiet giant palm. I forgot to tell you the hard things I held inside, the way you betrayed me and held a lock on my heart, how your blatant harboring of narcissism shoved on everyone, and the way you treated mom forged anger left undone. I forgot to tell you that I wanted you to pay it back, 
The credit, the money, the identity theft affects me still today. Bumbling acts against me, impeding harmfully, impacted me greatly, and I wanted you to pay. I forgot to tell you how the piano keys you played, the weed wafting from your hand as you mused the baby grand, while I sat underneath as your favorite member of the band, listening, letting your brilliance feed me to no end. I forgot to tell you how the trees speak to me today and the absolute magic of weeds over flowers was our last treasure together. It wasn't until your death, your pressed nature's findings posted on my fridge alongside my found twigs that I knew with no resistance that I am my father's daughter. So mindful of our threads and weavings, just our estrangement kept the distance. The mind you unleashed before quitting law stayed in my genes for all the unjust things. I fought with my researchability equipped with thirst that you poured into me at birth. The mindfulness practice you offered me and my brother, week-long family reunions in Prescott, Arizona. Once a year, we gathered to sit, walk, and pass in silence. What better way to plant what I savor and honor? I forgot to tell you that I forgive you, and now I hold my love for you as my treasure. All the shutout burdens vanished somehow. The holding of harm that served me fell down. I forgot to tell you, you're with me more than ever. In this transcendence, far off and together, to be this close in afterlife, feeling your presence, is something remarkable and utterly clever. Thank you. Wow. Wow. That um, is yeah. really powerful. Thanks for Having letting me shut up. I lost it. my father, you know, I mean, not all that mm. long ago. It's really powerful that, and there, that I forgot to tell you is, yeah. Yeah, I'm in this, um, I think I'd mentioned in the beginning or prior with you that my back had gone out. I think it was just a lot of loss, a lot of grief. Your body's, all, I, I believe in the connectivity of it. So um, when I was unable to literally do anything for months, I found myself um, finding this five-day free writing work uh, workshop opportunity. And it, it was with this, this woman who runs wild writing and it's this working off of poetry and just free writing for 15 minutes, hand, you know, hand to paper, not stopping. And I will say that this practice, this community that I found in wild writing has absolutely changed the trajectory of my life. And that's uh, why I even submitted the first poem that we, you know, I read to um, the shallot and, you know, um, thank you. I didn't know that your father passed and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, deep, deep empathy for that. I think that um, like my whole body's shaking. I get like energy moving and that's the first time I've read that piece aloud. Um, and so it's just interesting, you know, I, I welcome this kind of shaking, you know, this level of, well, I'm like, I love that. It actually just reminds me that I'm actively alive <laughs> um, well, and full of and, feeling. <laughs> and when you lose a parent, yeah, which for someone who's not lost a parent, it's, you can't describe it. There's just no, no describing. Yeah. And <clears throat> there is, there is a constant, I wish I would have. I wish I would have asked, or I wish I, I wish I knew that now that I don't, yeah. 
or processing things that you you just never processed, whether you were just mm-hmm. saving it for another day because unconsciously, probably mostly, but uh, uh, yeah, it's very mm-hmm. powerful, Avisha. I, I, Thank you. I really, and obviously I've got little tears <laughs> as you. I ponder I- my own father's mm-hmm. passing, which was unexpected as well. Wow, Linda. So, and yeah. not age-wise, but it just happened very suddenly. And so, therefore, yeah. it was unexpected. And yeah, it um, brings a different, it brings a different dynamic for sure. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I know I mentioned it in the poem I just read, um, but we were estranged mm-hmm. for a few, you know, for some years before. So, it, it adds a whole layer that I wish on no one. Um, and it wasn't until after that finding, you know, going back to Arizona and my brother and I clearing out his mobile home where he was living and finding, um, I won't share too much, but remembering and realizing that even in what took place that led us to being estranged for a period, um, I was dad, I was my daddy's little girl. I was his firstborn. Uh, he raised me when my parents divorced at five. So it wasn't until so much that I uncovered that I was gutted, floored, and overwhelmed with my love for him. And I won't share it now, but I, I will say that it references in the poem I just shared, if it's okay that I share this. I had a, when I got the news last August, um, I had a pretty overwhelmingly physical experience. And after that, I ended up somehow out of body, completely taking the train downtown to go to my last acupuncturist appointment with my intern. And I had the most miraculous healing experience I've ever had in my life, like ever, like everything washed over me. And I won't go into all the details, but all the hurt, all the pain literally disappeared. It's not like I'm still not navigating, as you said, the process after, but all I was, all I have been filled with since that day, since that experience on that acupuncture table is immense love. It like, I don't even, I don't have all the words for it yet. And I haven't really talked about it outwardly so much yet. Um, but writing, I've been right. I do have a poem about it. Um, it is all I can say is I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have a heart connection. It's almost like, I believe sometimes that we can have, or for me, I can speak for myself. I almost feel in some ways in the last 10 months since he passed that I'm able to relate to him in a different way that we weren't able to in the human form. And that may not make sense to everybody, but there are aspects of our connection that are even more pure now. And I don't know how to, I won't elaborate on that, but it it kind of goes back to what we were sharing about before that there, you know, even in the depth of the pain and the trauma of it all, there is beauty. It goes back to that first poem that you, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. there is, I'm finding beauty. It is feeding. Well, and I I really have a very broad view of spirituality, and mm-hmm. um, know that I, I I often feel like it's like I'm running into particles of my folks, and mm-hmm. that at that moment I I gain some wisdom that I might not have had. Mm, I love that. So, yeah. So I can I can. Oh gosh, I love that, Linda. Sorry. Particles so, is gonna stay with me. Yeah, yeah. I do mm. I just really feel that. So wow. well, I have to tell you that this has been just really a, a wonderful conversation. And 
one thing I guess I really wonder is what message would you want to communicate to your younger artistic self now that you've, you know, you've found a voice with your writing, you're, you're more expansive in your, your ceramic journey. You obviously had all this creativity young and got pushed away, but you came back to it. And now you're doing garden gnomes. How exciting. Yeah. Garden art. <laughs> I love that. What um, would you tell your uh, younger, your younger self? What words of wisdom would yeah. you give yourself? Well, I, I grew up with the, the nickname Avi, which I'm learning to embrace only recently. But I would say to her, um, the first thing that comes up is uh, give yourself, you know, play just play. Like, I think it comes down to that. That's what I'm desiring more in my life now. But I'd say um, to also like trust and listen to that. Cause that's what shows up that voice, whatever that voice is, wherever that's coming from, right. To, to just trust that voice to try, whether that's intuition or, you know, higher, so whatever we want to label or call things to trust wherever that creativity is coming, whatever that little voice that's saying, paint it this color, or do this, or I want to do this thing that doesn't make any sense at all. Play, give, just do it, go for it. And also, it's a whole another story, I won't go into it, but one of the defining moments was my first pottery teacher telling me not to do pottery or told our class, and I, that's why I left it for my whole life. But I would say that don't let fear, for me, it was always that very, as you've heard probably a thousand times, this like, you can't support yourself art, you know, as an artist kind of thing. So I'd say that I do believe I just, my parents raised me to believe this and it's in me that when you love something and it's pure and it's true and it's of who you are, like that's the place to follow and go because out of that, you know, everything it's fruition. So I would just tell her to like, not let fear get in the way to just do what I love, you know, not wait till I was what 40 or something when I started doing clay again, but do what you love. I really believe that as cliche as, cliche as it is, you got to do what you love. And Life is way boy, too short. Fear, our fears get so <laughs> in our way. <laughs> and certainly I'm a bit older than you, but <laughs> probably more than a bit. But anyway, not. <laughs> um, you end up feeling a little bit like, wow, there's so much time that was wasted on that emotion. And mm -hmm. what if I had never wasted it? I don't know if you remember when I told you all about that album that I listened to, that album called Heal. Oh, yeah. Did you listen to the song Childhood? I did. I did it. I'm going to, no, note taken again. Okay. Though. So, yeah. Childhood is all about the fears that got in your way. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just think about that, you know, that younger self, that. Uh, you know, I wanted to go in the Peace Corps and I just couldn't do it. I was so afraid. I had wow. all the paperwork done. It's one of my biggest regrets. And I think, oh. what was wrong with me? <laughs> you know, yeah. I was just so afraid. And I think back on things like that. So, uh, yeah. but listen to that song, Childhood. I just, I it's, will. It's, it's absolutely speaks to what we're talking about. Oh, goodness. Sure. Thank you. Yes, I know. Yeah. Well, is there any parting advice you would want to give an artist that kind of shares our lived experience with mental health and, you Use know, really it. working yeah. and using it for wellness? 
Yeah, I mean, that was just what came out. Use it. Um, for me, I can. I, I don't say this lightly. I really mean this, especially this last year and a half. Uh, art has saved my actual life. No questions, hands down, especially this last year. Um, use it. You know, I, I know that always oh, another piece in the, I, another issue um, with the shallot that um, I, it was the first time I ever did any wall hanging sculptural that wasn't a functional hand thrown piece or, you know, hand built piece. Um, and that was at a time where I, I maybe was the first time in my life that I almost couldn't function because I was in, my PTSD was so severe. I was in so much pain after some severe trauma. And I remember sitting on the floor close to where I'm at right now talking to you. And that is what came out of it. So I guess what I, my advice is use it, use it, use it, like show up, even if you don't think you can, even if it's, you know, with zero expectations, just to be present, even if it's literally nothing's created to show up in that moment, because there's so much unknown that can happen. And there's so, I don't want to bypass. I, I'm big on not bypassing things, but um, spiritually and, and, and mentally and emotionally, but the more that you can, I'd say, listen, <laughs> listen to that pain, listen to that voice, listen to all the things that surround mental health, right? And the challenges that we face individually and collectively, I'd say, listen and in any way you can, even if it's making a mandala out of leaves from a walk or, you know, it's whatever, use it, give voice in whatever format and medium that is. Because um, boy, boy, has it saved me. And wow. grown me. <laughs> Great words of wisdom. And, and thank you for sharing. And I really just appreciate your honesty and, and your willingness to talk about some really hard things too. So thank you. Well, it's my honor. Thank you for having me today, Linda.